So we've been going through the book of Revelations uh, in the mornings, uh, Monday through Friday, from 6 to 8. And one thing that is just standing out to me that God is showing me, a lot of times we go through life and we mix things with God. But in Revelations, he was talking to the seven churches and he said, hey, you're doing this. This is great what you're doing. He said, but I got something against you. You're not doing this or you've added this to my word. And therefore, we want to make sure that we're not adding anything to his word. And it shows the devil for who he is. He said, this is the one that has deceived nations. And when we look at him, we're going to look in unbelief that this guy was able to make us uh, believe some of the deceptions that he had. Amen? So a lot of times I see in Christians' lives, we go through this up and down spell. You know, we're up and down, up and down. But God wants us to maintain, amen, and progress upwardly, not up and down, up and down. And a lot of times this is because we've taken on some philosophies from the world. Okay, when we were out there in the world, we had some core values that we lived out, amen. And as we come to Christ, a lot of times we don't get rid of those core values. We still live them out in our lives. And we can't live out those core values. This is the kingdom of God, amen? And in the kingdom, things are different than they are in the world. We know this world system is of the devil, amen? He's the God of this world. So we, gotta, we got to really know how to operate in God's kingdom. And in order to operate in God's kingdom, we got to know who we are in God's kingdom, amen? We got to know. We can't have the devil coming to us and saying, well, you did that now, so God don't love you. So we want to introduce some facts about God and how he feels about us and, and how he shows us how he feels about us. If we can turn to the book. Now, the, the, the uh, title of this message is Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Amen. And when we look at blood, sweat, and tears, it costs us something. Amen. It costs him something. Blood, sweat, and tears. So if we can turn to a familiar scripture, John 3, 16. And we all probably can quote that by heart. Amen. But we're going to read it to make sure we got all the words in there. So it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen? Amen? So because love, God loved, he did something behind it. So that tells us as we operate in love, there should be a, a corresponding action behind our love. We can't just love and, and just talking. It's some deeds that need to come behind that love. Amen? And let's go to 1 John. 1 John. Chapter 4, and verse 9 and 10. And it says this. And, this. and this was manifest, the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein his love, herein is love. That not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son to be a um, um, perpetuation for our sins. Amen. 
So even in our sins, even we were enemies against God, God showed us love. He gave us a way out. Amen? Amen. And let's go on to uh, 1 John 3 and 16. Got all these sticky notes here. It says, wherein we perceive we, where, whereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso have this, word, this world's goods, and seeth his brother have need, have need, and seeth his brother have need. Now, I want to just talk about it right there, have need. Have need is not always a physical thing. They may have need of love. They may have need of understanding. You know, in a marriage, you got to talk some things out, amen? But you got to have some patient communication. So you got to love the person enough to go through that, to talk to them about that, to talk it out. If you don't love enough, then you'll say things like, man, I don't want to hear that. Be quiet. You know, in all our relationships, we got to be willing to talk it through. Love, one of the attributes of love is what? Patience. Patience. Another attribute, long-suffering. Hey, we can get through this if we don't give up. Amen? We cannot give up. We cannot look at what the devil is presenting to us as truth. The Bible says, Yea, though I walk through the valleys in the shadows of death, I shall feel no, I feel no evil. Shadows, that's what the devil is playing us with, with shadows. Deceit, shadows. He can't do anything to us because it's in him God, that is, we live, move, and have our being. Amen? So the key to this is to be hidden in God. Don't show up yourself. Show up in God. Amen? Because the devil, all he's showing us, everything he's showing us is fake. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. We know that's the love chapter, right? Amen. That love chapter. And I want to start with verse 1. First Corinthians 13, verse 1. And it goes on to say, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, and we know charity is love, I have become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could move, I could remove mountains, and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to, be, to, to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burnt and have not charity, it profit me nothing. So God is telling us very clearly that love should be our motivation for anything that we do. If love is not your motivation for what you're doing, what are you doing it for? If it's for selfish desires, I want to be seen, I want to brag about what I did. Why are you doing it? We have to ask ourselves that. And if it's not behind the aspect of love, then we need to question that. We need to get rid of some things in us. Amen? Amen. We need to get rid of some things in us. The, the aspect of wanting to be somebody, you know, and at all costs. I got to be something. I got to be somebody. All my life I was told I, I'm nothing. I was never going to be anything. So now I got to prove them all wrong. That's the wrong motive. But how many of us have been through that? Even with our parents, you know, maybe they did the best with the knowledge that they had. 
But maybe they said some of those things to us. You ain't going to be nothing. No, you're just like your daddy. You know, you're no good daddy, you know. How many of us heard, heard that kind of stuff, amen? And then you said, I'm going to prove them wrong. No, no. Wrong motivation. Wrong, wrong motivation. I know that God has called us unto himself, amen? And in God is everything, amen? We don't have to go around trying to prove ourselves to people or, or, or when people talk bad, bad about us, they say, well, I'm going to prove them wrong. That's the wrong motive. Just show love. You know, I think about the Christians in, in the dark ages when they were being uh, sent to, uh, to the Colosseum to die, gladiators, lions, all kind of different beasts. And you got to think, what kind of attitude did they have going into these things? I think about Stephen as he's sitting there and being stung, uh, stoned to death. He's looking out for the people as he's enduring being stoned, stoned to death. And he's asking God, don't lay this to their charge, amen? Just like Jesus up on the cross, being crucified, amen? And that's, that's after all the beatings that he took, amen? And if anybody lift weights so back in the day, I used to lift a little bit, but, <laughs> but after you lift weights a while, that stuff gets heavy, right? But he had to carry that cross, that heavy cross. He was enduring that. Of course, he got help towards the end of that, but what he had to endure, and then the cross. And he took on the sins of the world. His body was mangled. I mean, beat silly, a crown of thorns on his head. But yet, him on the cross suffering said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Amen. That's powerful. Now, somebody talk about us. How many of us hold it for a year? Somebody don't do something for us that we ask them to do, they don't do it, and we hold it. And see, the aspect of us going through Revelation has really shown me. The Bible says this. If the righteous should scarcely make it in, where would the sinner man be found? See, God is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's making that plain. You know, a lot of people don't read Revelation, but we read Revelations. We see clearly what God is coming back for. Those people of us that have overcome, those people that have been faithful and chosen, amen, to live this thing out, amen. We are God's representatives on this earth. And sometimes the only people, the only God people will see is you. Now, are you a good representation of God? Are you giving your blood, sweat, and tears to make sure that you follow what God is telling you to do? Or are we so in love with ourselves that we don't want to go through anything for anybody? Amen? We have to question that. Do we really love? Do we love our brothers and sisters? Or do we understand that we're in covenant relationships with each other as the body of Christ? And there's a special blessing, God says in his word, the things that you do, especially for those in the, in the household of faith, there's a special blessing for that. So we should be looking for opportunities how to bless each other. What, we, what can I do for you, my sister? My brother, what can I do for you? Hey, I saw this. You got a need. God revealed to, you, revealed to me you had a need, so I want to make sure I give that need. I help that need out. Because the Bible tells us that every joint supplies that there's no lack in the body, Right? 
So whatever we need, it's in the body. It's in the body. And we have to come to that realization that whatever we need is in the body. God wants every joint to supply, that there's no lack in the body. He wants every joint to supply and submit that there's no schisms in the body. Amen? No schisms. You know, I was helping my neighbor uh, lift something I shouldn't have been trying to lift. And, oh, my God, my back started spasming and shaking. And I was like, I, knew, I know I need to drop this thing. But I tried to hold on to it for his sake. But, look, I ain't trying to lift nothing heavy no more. <laughs> Lord Jesus. But a lot of times we harden ourselves to carry things that we shouldn't carry. Amen. We go through things, and those things that we go through may be to change our mindset to get the mind of Christ, but yet we, I got to make it through this. You hold on to it. You toughen up. That heart grows cold, stony heart, and it's not pliable anymore because all you determine is, I'm going to do this thing. Regardless if God said, don't do it, stop right this, no, I'm going to do it. And we can't be like that. Amen? You see, we are called not to just walk in love, but we're called to be love. Amen? We're called to be love. And in 1 John, the um, third chapter, verse 18. Let's turn there. Because we want to make it clear, because God is coming back for that church without spot or wrinkle. So we want to make sure that we're not holding on to things that can keep us from his presence. Amen. We know that sin separates us from God. And that's why we have 1 John 1, 9. We can repent and he can restore. So in 1 John, the third chapter, and verse 18. Well, let's go on up to verse uh, 16. And it says here, Whereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. We can stop right there. He laid down his life for us. Are we willing to lay down our lives for each other? Are we willing to lay our lives down for him? Or is our agenda more important? Is how people see us more important? Do we not want to be embarrassed? I don't want to be embarrassed. I ain't going to do that. But God is saying do that. We look at the prophets of old. Man, they, he had them doing some things. Hosea, Hosea married a, a prostitute. They had some prophets. Uh, John the Baptist was dressed in camera's hair, cam, camera's hair and eating uh, locusts and honey. We had some prophets that ate dung. Would you eat dung? <laughs> if God is telling you to eat dumb, would you eat dumb? You see how hard that decision? No, no, uh-uh, mm-mm. You Do you know? You got to compromise. Compromise keep you out of heaven now. We don't want to compromise. <laughs> Amen. So we have to be ready. We are bought with a price. Our lives are not our own. We got to give it up. Amen. We got to do what God wants us to do. Amen. All right. So we're going to go on. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Mm. But whosoever have this world's good, we read that, and see if his brother's in need, 
We see our brothers and sisters in need, and we don't do anything. That's not godly. That's not godly. We have to have bowels of compassion. Amen? And compassion must move us to do. Compassion comes from love. Amen? That's an attribute of love, having compassion. So we're going to look at an example of this. And also, let me read verse 18. Let's not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And we know that we must worship God in spirit and in truth. Not your truth, his truth. Amen? Because we can all come up with our own truth based on experience, based on our intellect, based on our traditions. We can all come up with that, amen? But the word of God is the only true authority, amen? The Bible tells us that it must have preeminence in our lives. That means first place. So when something that I have experienced in life and I've come to this conclusion of what it is or how that person is, you know, God is saying, hey, no, the word of God, what, do, what, what does it say in the word? Not what life has taught you. What does it say in the word? The Bible talks about in Psalms 51, we were born in sin and shaping in iniquity. A lot of times as we go through things, the devil uses those things before we come to God to keep us bound. Amen? A lot of times we, we spent 30, 40 years maybe in the world and we spend a year in Christ. Hey, those things got to be worked out. They got to fall out. It's just like an onion being peeled back. Every layer peeled back until you get to the core. That aspect, of, that centerpiece, what God has really created us to be. So we have to be uh, willing to allow God through his manservants, woman servants, uh, through his word, to allow that, those outside layers to come off. Amen. To peel off. Don't hold on to it. So as we go to Mark chapter 1. And verse. Um, verse um, 40. 40 through 42. It's not my study Bible. So. These pages sticking together. So Mark chapter 1, verse 42. And this is an example we can see. The Bible says in um, Hebrew, uh, the 13th chapter, it says we're, the 12th chapter, we're encompassed about with a cloud of witnesses. And I'm going to paraphrase. We're encompassed about with all these witnesses that we see what they're doing. We can read what they're doing in the Word. We can see what they're doing in this lifetime. But it says this, but if you ever can't see clearly. Look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen? We got to look to Jesus. Amen? Back in the 80s, it was this thing, what would Jesus do? And a lot of times as we go in through situations, we need to realize that would Jesus act like this? At the 915 in here, we were talking about uh, Zipporah was, was ministering on the fact of uh, the fruits of the Spirit. You know, back in the 80s when I got saved, it was all about character. You had to have the character of God, period. 
And it was all about building that character. But then the, the prosperity message hit. And people were being judged by what they had. Well, I got a house and a Cadillac and this. Oh, he must be spiritual because he got things. These are worldly things. This has nothing to do with our spirituality. Amen? It's the character of God that's being produced in your life. How do you act? Do, do, do you, are you acting godly? Amen? Are you acting like the devil? Are you living your life? You come to church on Sunday and everything's great, but on Monday you're raising other spirits up. <laughs> Amen? We got to be consistent in what we're doing because there is a payday coming and we will be rewarded for what we do. And we want to make sure our rewards stand, that we're building treasures in heaven to receive the rewards that God has for us, the crown of life, different things there, as we've been talking about in Revelation. So in verse 40, it's talking about this leopard here. Saying, he came to a leopard to him, beseech him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou will, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus, moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and said unto him, I will be thy clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. So we have to make sure, and Isaiah talks about God taking out that stony heart and giving us a heart of flesh, a pliable heart, amen? So with that pliable heart, we should have compassions for people. But God and for his people. Love should move you to do something. Amen. Let's go on to Mark um, chapter 7, since we're in Mark here. And in Mark chapter 7, in verse 14 through 16, it said, And when he had called all the people unto him, he said unto them, Hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand, there is nothing from without a man that entered into him that can defile him, but the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. Amen? What's coming out of your mouth? Is that God coming out your mouth? Is that you? What's coming out your mouth? It's, and it goes on in verse 19, it says this, because it entered into his heart, but into the belly, it goes out into the draft, purging all meats. So what he's saying that what's going in us is not defiling us. It's what's coming out of us. But we know if we feed the flesh, what's going to come out? The flesh. If we, speak, if we feed the spirit, what's going to come out? The spirit. The Spirit of God is going to show up. So we have to make, maintain or make sure that we're feeding the Spirit and not the flesh. Amen? Because out of the heart, that heart has to be changed. That heart has to remain pure. If our heart is not pure before God, we have issues. Amen? We need to repent. Book of Revelation talks about in the seven years of tribulation, all these different things that are happening on the earth. 
And it goes on to say, but they did not repent. They would not repent. From the seven seals to the seven judgments to the uh, seven trumpet judgments to the seven vows. There's a lot of things in there that God gave up. He gave a time for them to repent. And he said they would not repent. See, their heart had gotten stony. And they were just determined. They were just going to suffer and go through it and make it through. How many of us are suffering some things that God never put on us? That God didn't mean for us to suffer. Amen? But we took it upon ourselves and punishing ourselves maybe for some deeds that we've done. But God says if you come to him, he'll forgive us. He'll put that sin in the sea of forgiveness as far as the east is from the west. He won't even bring it back up again. But a lot of times it's hard to forgive ourselves for things we've done. We can forgive others, but when it comes to ourselves, we are hard on ourselves. Amen? We beat ourselves up. Rather than just repent and get back on track, we beat ourselves. We feel like we got to suffer. It got to cause us some pain. You know? That's, a, that's a, um, a core value that you have brought from the world. That's not God. Amen? So we have to really look at these things. We want to go to... Um, First John again. Let's go chapter 4. Because it's, it's so great that last year the vision for the church was the power will break through. Amen? And we saw so many breakthroughs uh, last year come to happen with people that we rejoiced over because we knew our time was coming. Amen? So we rejoiced with our brother and our sister when things happened great for them that God is doing a work in them, through them, and for them. Amen? Amen. That we're all conduits for blessings to flow through. So we're going to be blessed as things flow through us, but it's for others. Don't hoard it upon yourself. You know, I, I couldn't watch. I watched a couple times these series on hoarding. And, oh, my goodness. <laughs> you got all this stuff in your house? I mean, you can't live. You can't be comfortable. You can't even move around. So let's think about in our spirit, what are we hoarding in our spirits that won't allow us to flow in God, won't allow us to move in God? Amen. Because we're holding on some trash that needs to just be thrown out. It has no value to it. Amen. It has no value to it. Stop giving it value and just throw it away. Amen. Let's just throw it away. Uh, in 1 John uh, 4 and 21, it talks about the fact that First um, John 4, I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong chapter. Chapter 4 and 21. Because I want, I want you to see the heart of God. I want to deal in some facts here in terms of what God is doing. So in First John 4 and 21, it tells us this. And this commandment have we from him. Well, let's, go, let's just go back up. For, let's go back to um, the last part of 18. He that feared is not made perfect in love. Because we know that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a love, power, and a sound mind. Fear has torment. That's not of God. 
So we love him because he first loved us. And if any man say, I love God and hated his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this is the commandment that we have from him. It's not a choice. A commandment is something that we have to do. That he who loves God loves his brother also. Amen. We can't say we love God and don't like each other, hate each other. We can't do that. We're calling it, we are a liar. Because if you love God, you got to love his people. Amen. Even those people that are hard to love, we got to love them. When we see, I'm going to give an example of this as well. Well, I'm going to wait on that. We're further down. But God commands us to, be, to, uh, to, uh, to love our brother. And when I say brother, I mean sisters too. All of us. Amen. If we love the world and the things that are in the world, do we really love God? 1 John 2, verse 15. And it says this. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, and he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So what are we working for? How many have took up the aspect of the American dream? The two houses, two, well, a house and two-point kids and a dog. That's the dream that we're looking for, you know. Yeah, a lot of us have been through that. Is that the dream that we're looking for? I want to be what the world has told me I need to be to be successful. Because in Revelations, we see that all the money and everything they had comes to naught. No value whatsoever. And I'm telling you now, it's a shadow. It's not real. We seen when God, when Jesus was walking with his disciples and it was time to pay taxes, he didn't even sweat it. He said, look, the first fish you catch, look in his mouth and there'll be a gold coin there. Go pay the taxes with that. Now, I struggle a lot of times about this world system because I see how it puts people in bondage. You know, and it's not a godly system, but it puts people in bondage. How many have stayed on a job just for money? I did some things just for money that we knew there was a great area or it was totally against God, but we wanted that money. We have to really look at this thing. What is our picture, what God has given us? And we know I know he's giving you a picture of what he wants from you because that's how God works. He declares the end before the beginning. As he told Abraham, look out here as far as you can see, all of this is yours. And then he came back and told him, everywhere the sole of your feet should thread upon, that's going to be yours. 
So we got to walk this thing out. So God gives us a picture. When we give our lives to the Lord, he gives us a picture of what it looks like. I love to be around baby Christians when they first give their life to the Lord. I mean, they can pray for things and God will just bless them because he wants to show them. Now, I could tell you <laughs> in my life, when, when I first got saved, it just seemed like everything I wanted, everything I prayed for, God just did it. But then it came a point in time where it took more than that. Amen. Just like as the disciples went out and they said they couldn't cast the demons out. And he said, well, these things come by fasting and prayer. See, God shows us a picture on how to operate when we first get saved. He lets us operate in a way. He shows us that he loves us. But then now we see there's more to it, amen, as we continue to grow. But he gives us that honeymoon state, as I call it. Like in a marriage, when you first get married, you Google gaga, you know, then you start going through some things. <laughs> amen? Amen. Now it takes a little bit more of that Google gaga, eh? It takes some work. And so it is in the kingdom of God, you know? God loves us, and he wants, he has so many good things for us. And so in this year of supernatural rest, restoration, he's bringing these things to us supernaturally. Some things that you lost, some things you never had that you were online to get for. God had them set aside for you. Amen. Set aside for you. So this year of restoration, we're going to be getting those things. And we need, we need to make sure that we're rejoicing for our brothers and our sisters. Amen? Because your birthday coming too. Amen? It's coming. It's coming. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's go to Psalms 4. It's amazing. I can talk all the time and never get a dry mouth. I get up here, I get the dry mouth. <laughs> Amen. So as we go to Psalms 4. All right. Psalms, the fourth chapter in the second verse, says this. O ye sons of men, how long will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love vanity and seek after leasing? And what God was saying here, and leasing is acts of lying, of falsehood. See, in this world, we're taught to look the part and not be the part. Amen? We can look at people and they may have, look like they got it going on, but the insides and what they're going through is, is, um, is the true thing of, of what they actually are not the way it looks. I know there was a, um, a gentleman in uh, Greenville, South Carolina, uh, Daniel Building, Daniel Construction, and uh, he, was, he, was, he had all the money he wanted, but his health was bad. And I'm sure he would have traded in all that money for some good health. So a lot of times we need to see what the blessings of the Lord are. You know, that money is not it trying to be or showing a picture of trying to be something that's not it with no substance to it. Um, in Isaiah 38 and 5, we talk, it talks about Hezekiah, uh, King Hezekiah, and how he cried 
See, God hears our tears. He sees those tears. He sees that anguish we go through. And he saw Hezekiah, King Hezekiah, the prophet, had come to him and told him, it's time for you to die. You need to put your house in order. Amen? And Hezekiah turned his face to the wall, prayed to God, and God granted him 15 more years to live out. And that's, <clears throat> you know, we say that's, that's a real blessing. You know, God saw the tears and was moved with compassion and gave him 15 more years. Now, out of the story, though, I see something else, too. I think, I know we had this discussion, was it on uh, Free Flow Friday? Um, about the aspect of once you have done the will of God, you know, Jesus lived, what, 33 and a half years on this earth. And at the end, he said, it is finished. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I kept the faith, right? I finished my course. So the aspect of what do we do, uh, or the question was raised, once we have fulfilled the will of God in our lives, what he called us to do, do we go on to be with the Lord, or do we stick around? Well, I would say I would rather rest in God and go be with him once I've done what he's called me to do on this earth, rather than be around. Longevity, as, as Martin Luther King said, has its place. But doing the will of God is so much more important that we make sure that we carry out those things that God has given us to do, the reason why we were born, the reason why we were birthed in this earth, because we have a question, we have the answer to a question that's been asked. We are, the Bible says, the called out ones. Amen? We are the called out ones that people are seeking answers from us. So we can't be running from people. Amen? We can't be running from people. We can't be scared to, to uh, speak up in a situation when you're the most powerful person in the room and you ain't got nothing to say. Bring God on the scene. Bring God on the scene. Amen? Amen. You know, I, I was, a pastor said that, and I was just struck with that because I was like, there are situations that I have been in that I know I should have said something. And I kept my mouth closed. I was thinking, hmm. They ain't going to want to hear this. But guess what? Love. The Bible says um, love covers a multitude of sin, but, but um, what's the aspect I'm thinking? Uh, uh, open, rebuke, open rebuke is better than secret love. Hey Amen. You're saying you love somebody, but you never want to correct them. You never want to give them a, a God view, but you say you love them. How many of our family members that we deal with, that maybe when we go around, they call us holy rollers and all, but they're on their way to hell by the life they live, and we ain't saying nothing because we want to be liked in the family. We want people to come around us. What are we forfeiting for them? Because in the end, the Bible says, even hell is going to give up its dead. And they're going to be cast into the lake of fire. And they should be weeping and, and lashing their teeth for eternity. For eternity. So we have to look at really what is love? And how are we demonstrating that love? Is it giving a false peace around people? I'm keeping my mouth to keep the peace. Or am I bringing 
the sword, like Jesus said. I'm bringing the sword. I'm dividing uh, mother against father, sister against brother. I'm, I'm, I'm dividing this stuff because we have to draw a line at some point in time. You know, my, my sons um, came to my house one Father's Day. What was that? Uh, may have been last year. There you have it, okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, all my kids are grown. They all got their own place, thank God. And, uh, <laughs> but some beer was in my refrigerator. I'm like, oh, I know y'all ain't trying me. I don't, mm-mm. If you come to my house, there's certain things that we do in the house. We're not going to allow you to do in the house. You don't have to go do anything in my house. So poured it down the sink, had them pour it down the sink. We don't, don't try me like that. You know I don't drink. I don't live a life of compromise in my house. That's not happening. We don't do that. We're Christians. We don't do that. We don't take a sip every now and then. None of that. We don't do none of that. You know, so a lot of times we have to take these stands with our family because we love them. We really love them. And we want them to know that the way, the road that they're going down, it does not have a good ending. It does not have a good ending. So we, we see um, some aspects of Jesus as he hears our tears. As he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Let's turn to Mark 9 and 24. And this, this scripture right here always stands out for me. It's a great scripture when I'm, when I'm feeling like, you know, uh, maybe I need to have more faith in the situation. Uh, maybe I need to uh, join in corporate prayer. The Bible says if one can put a, a thousand in the flight, two can put 10,000 in the flight. So there's an aspect of agreement there that works on our benefit. Amen? We're joining in to other people of God. There's a corporate anointing in this place when it comes to prayer. Everybody is on one accord. But this man, he said in Mark 9 and 24, he said, I believe, but help my unbelief. You know, and that's the aspect of recognizing where you are, where you are with God. Maybe you right now own an apartment thing. Amen? But you mastered that, and you want something different. Now you want a house. See, the Bible tells us we grow from faith to faith, from glory to glory. So we can't expect a babe in Christ to, um, to have the faith for some things that maybe a mature Christian has for. Amen? So the aspect of walking in agreement with your brothers and sisters is very important. Having somebody to be in agreement with, it brings another dose of power to us. Amen? So as we're looking at um, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, as he was praying, and the Bible says that he was torn with this thing, and, and sweat dropped from him like blood. He was so in agony with this particular thing, doing the will of God. Should I drink this cup, or should I let this cup pass? And see, a lot of times we go in agony like that. We go in agony like that when it comes to loving the unlovable. 
Amen. Those people that are hard for us to, to love. But we got to fight through it. We got to go through the agony of that to love and not to uh, um, hate or not love our brothers and sisters. It's long suffering. It's going through. It, they mean something to me. So I'm willing to give of myself just like Christ did. He gave his blood. He gave his sweat and he gave his tears for us. Um, in um, Ephesians 1 and 7, it says this, And whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Colossians 4 and 14 tells us, Redemption through the blood, even for the forgiveness of sins. So God gave his blood for us. Amen? And the Bible says, when we're striving against sin, have we given up blood yet? Or just somebody talking about us? Or maybe just because we wanted something and God didn't give it to us? Mm. So, blood, the aspect of we're, we haven't even given up blood striving against sin. But we're letting small things stop us, stop us from moving forward. Small things. And we have to see it in the light. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And when we're in an agonizing situation about loving your brother, your sister, that may be hard to love, ask God for his grace. Because he commanded us to do this, so there's a grace to do it. Amen? That grace is found in him, the empowerment to do that thing. Or if, if, if my brother asks for something, I'm going to go wholeheartedly for him to try to get it to him or help him with it. Because I understand we are in covenant relationships. Amen? Amen? The Bible says in 1 John um, 2, 5, we can turn there. It says this, but, but whosoever keepeth this word, in him verily is the love of God perfected, whereby we know we that, uh, we that we are in him. And he that said, and he that said he abided in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Amen. It's making it so clear that what we do should be the same things that Jesus did. He came to destroy the works of the devil. He brought us into the kingdom for such a time as this to destroy the works of the devil. Amen? You know, that what would Jesus do? That's a question we really should be asking ourselves as we're going through situations and things are coming against us. What would Jesus do in this situation? What is the character of God in this situation that's going to show up? What fruit of the Spirit needs to come out in me in this situation? Because those are things that Christ is demanding from us, commanding from us. We don't have options in this thing. A lot of times we think we got options. 
Well, it's either God's way or the devil's way. In Romans chapter 6, it tells us whoever we yield our members to, we become servants of. Amen? So we have a choice there to choose God. And Joshua, uh, first, I think it's 1.8, he said, choose life. You know, meditate upon the word day and night. But we got to choose life. We got to choose God. Even as being Christians, get, we gave our lives to Christ. We understand that we are bought with a price, but we still have to make those choices to choose him in situations, to bring him on the scene in situations. We were down in Hilton Head over the Christmas holidays and um, eating at this restaurant, Old Factory, Old Oyster Factory. And all of a sudden we had a boom, and this lady had fell out and hit the floor. And thank God, I was with Christians, so they started praying. I took action, called 911, went out and got the ambulance and stuff. But, you know, I was saying it was such a blessing, blessed situation when I came back in the building that the people at the table were praying. So everybody in the restaurant saw that table praying for that lady. Now, it's like when we run by accidents. Do we pray for people in the accident or do we help them get on through? And in that situation, I just saw God, you know, how we responded as a table of believers and how I watched how everybody else responded. There was a difference, you know, and, um, but we had to bring God on the scene. Bring God on the scene. You can't handle it, but bring God on the scene. He can handle every situation. We didn't know why she fell out, what was the reason she fell out. I just know she hit hard. I saw it, she was hitting, boom. I was like, Lord. So we have to bring God on the scene. That I said 1 John 2, 5, and it says this. Oh, yeah, whosoever keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected, matured. So as we read uh, the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, it's talking about a mature love, right? That, that long-suffering and all. That we have to mature in Christ. Be ye perfect as I am perfect. Grow up. We can't stay babes forever. We can't stay sucking on a bottle. God wants us all to grow so we can get in the fight. Amen? Amen. You know, with a baby, they're dependent upon everything for you to do for them. Amen? But God wants us to grow so he can put us in the fight. We're in a battle. You know, a good and evil. Satan is trying to get as many souls as he can to be lost with him. And he does not play fair. His judgments are wicked. They crooked. You know? And he always wants you to get to a place where you're doubting God and his word just like he did with Adam and Eve. God said specifically what he wanted, but the devil came back and said, well, did he really say that? He really don't want, want that for you. So how many times have we fell prey to that? God has told us. We've seen in his word. We heard it preached. We read it that God wants this for us. But when we come in a situation, for some reason, we're hearing the voice of the enemy. And we're not casting down those thoughts or imagination. And we're struggling through things when these things make, should be easy for us to go through. 
So we want to make sure that we are submitted in the heart. Our heart, the Bible says, to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. So what is that saying? That's saying that I need to be careful who I'm around, because the Bible tells us clearly that evil communication corrupt good manners. I can't hang around everybody because I'm trying to protect my heart. Amen? I can't do what everybody else do because I'm trying to protect my heart because that heart is the key to things. If that heart is crooked, deceitful, the Bible says, the Bible says that the heart is deceitful. And a lot of people say, well, I'm just, I'm following my heart. Don't follow your heart. Follow the word. Amen? Don't follow that heart. Because how many women have been in relationships that they, should, they, they know they should have been gone out of because they're hard? But I love him. But he's beating on you? But I love him. He's doing what? But I love him. Mm-mm. Let's follow the word, not that heart. But we want to make sure as God cleanses our heart that we protect that heart. Because the Bible tells us out of it flows issues of life. What's coming out your mouth is going to define who you are. Have you ever been around somebody, let's say, this girl, let's say she was just beautiful. Everybody was looking at her. And then she opened her mouth, and you go, oh, God, just messed up inside. You can see all the dirtiness. You know, <laughs> you know I, I know this one girl I know. Uh, well, I won't bring that up. But, yeah, I'll go ahead and talk about it. <laughs> She, 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 is, she is not the most beautiful person to look at. I'll put it like that. But, oh, my God, she has such a spirit about her, sweet spirit. I would tell your husband is blessed because she's a great person. And a lot of times we don't allow that greatness of God to come out in us. And we may look a certain way, but when we open our mouths, oh, my God, everybody got to run for cover. Like, uh, What's that lady that was on uh, Della Reese? They say that was the cussingest Christian ever. <laughs> we don't want to be that way. Cursings and blessings can't come out of our mouths. You know, I, uh, well, not, yeah, curses and blessings out the same mouth. If we are people of God, we need to speak life. We need to call those things that be not as though they were. We got to speak life just like Jesus did. When he saw darkness, he said, let there be light. So what areas can we speak through in the lives of the lives around us that we can bring life to if only we loved enough, if only we cared enough, if only we were moved by the compassion, if only we were willing to give up our blood, our sweat, and our tears, if only. He paid for our freedom with his blood, sweat, and tears. Will you pay for the next man's freedom with your blood, sweat, and tears, with your, bro- uh, with your brother, with your sister, with your family? Or are you so willing to hold on to conceited, your selfish self, which is the opposite of love, selfishness? Or are you willing to give of yourself, of your time, of your energy? You know, I know situations where I'm in and it's a ministry call. I may have a meeting to go to, you know, but this person needs ministering to, you know. 
And I choose ministry over, over that meeting and let them know, hey, I had to handle something. So that's why I went there. So, and I'm not saying everybody, I'm not saying be um, rebellious on your jobs, but what I am saying, understand that you, ha- you have been called, first of all, as a Christian, to the ministry of reconciliation. That you need to be reconciling people to God. Uh, Matthew 28, go ye forth in all the world preaching the gospel. We ought to be disciples and we ought to be witnesses for God in all situations, even on a job. I know my wife, she um, works for a company that says they're a Christian company. But one year, they gave out, what was it, some bourbon and, and baka or something? Yeah. And, I, and I'm saying this to say, a lot of people say Christian, but it's mixed with something. And what we have to do is take the true word of God and not mix it with anything. We got to separate what's God. This is a godly behavior. This is not. We got to separate those things. We can't just, everybody, you know, I I recall, uh, I don't know if y'all ever heard of Shambok. But every time I think about what he said, Shambok was A.A. Allen's um, praise and worship leader. And he became a, a huge uh, evangelist going all over the world. I think his name was Wim R. Shambok, but Shambok. But Shambok tells the story. He used to tell the story. And he said he was uh, walking down the, the streets of New York. And he said he was preaching the gospel. And this guy, the drunk guy, was coming up the road. And he stopped him. And he said, do you know the Lord? Do you know the Lord God is your Savior? And said the drunk guy said, yeah, what do you think I am, a heathen? See, we add everything to God. We, 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 we just accept everything where they said they're a Christian. But are the fruits showing that they're a Christian? Do they have the character of God? Are, are everybody that's preaching is not called to preach. There are some people doing it for money. Filthy lucre, the Bible says. And that's all they're doing it for. And you see a lot of craziness in the body of Christ because people are not being equipped. Amen? Are not being equipped. And so, therefore, are not being discipled, which is equipping them. And so you see a lot of crazy stuff happening. And the world is looking at that and saying, well, they did it in that church there. What kind of representations are we showing God? Because it's, it's a lot of stuff that, you know, and I, I do believe that, you know, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm one to call it out. I'm one to say names and everything, you know, because, you know, I see so many people being lost behind false teachings and stuff. And like I said, as we're going through Revelation, it's all about that doctrine being pure. You're doing that, that's great. But look, I got this against you. You're going to have to change this right here. That church without spot or wrinkle. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, will you give of your blood, your sweat, and your tears so others can be free? Amen? Amen. Amen. So at this time, uh, that's all I have that God gave me.